No, we're doing the game when the show starts. Okay. So I need to come up with a word first. Do you have a word? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm counting down. Three, two, one. Alexa, play Tim. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast, the podcast where we play games. Go. What did, what did you say? Who's, did you say a word, Chris? I, I said tree. What did okay, you say? I said, I said ham. Okay. Tree, ham. Let me think. What is the relation between tree and ham? I, don't right, I got one. I don't know. You have one? Okay. Yeah. Let me think here. Uh, okay. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Pig. Sandwich. Okay, you said that? sandwich, and I said big, or or no, I said sandwich. <laughs> sandwich okay. pig. Yeah. Okay. You got a word? I. There is a word. I'm trying to think of. Hold on. I like this camera. It's really ma- making me look sunburned, which I am, but not this much. I should have done a filter. I don't. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, bacon. Barbecue. Ooh, bacon okay, barbecue. okay. All right, I'm ready. Mm, okay. Three, two, one, swimming pool. <laughs> Chris, walk me through that one. How did you? Barbecue? I think you, you wanted cook to cook out at your swimming pool. That's pretty good. I thought we were just going to go back to pig. So swimming pool pig, huh? Oh, can you, can you go back and say a word you've already said? Or oh, is yeah. that not enough? For sure, yeah. I would think so. I mean, I don't know if that's... They, they out, did on but... the show, so... Oh, they did? Okay, yeah. well, there you go. That's why I thought that. Pig um, swimming pool. Swimming pools. What do I know about swimming pools? This is thrilling podcast. Oh, it's amazing. Hearing Ryan's, I'm just not even mind sure. at work. I have a feeling it's going to feel like really great if we ever get to the same word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Slaughterhouse, underwater toilet. <laughs> slaughterhouse, underwater toilet. How are those related? Let me think. Mm, together, pretty, pretty great. Okay, I'm ready. Three, three, two, two, one. one. NASA. What did what Ryan did, say? What'd you say, Ryan? Fantasy. Fantasy, and uh, I said NASA, the National okay, Air. Okay, Space. guys. Uh, show. Well, you guys can think for a while. Uh, welcome to the SSEU podcast, hosted by myself, Thomas, together with my co-hosts Ryan and Chris, who are currently playing a game. Chris comes to you live from Sioux Falls, North Dakota, where uh, you guys have a governor. What if it just uh, took us the whole show? <laughs> You're running. You have a governor who's running for president uh, uh, up there north of you, Chris. Uh, is this official? Is she thrown? Has she literally thrown her hat in the ring because no, she no, does wear no. a cowboy hat? Okay. No, not her. The the one from the North Dakota. The third best Dakota. <laughs> I have Doug, no Doug, idea. Doug, Doug Burgum? No, what's Doug his name? Bur- uh, that's right. Yeah, JBL loves his logo. Oh, okay. is it a good he, one? He was ranked first in JVL's logo ranking of uh, uh, 
when um, when the guy from Miami, the mayor, uh, Francis, what's his name? Xavier? No, I don't even know what his name is. Suarez, maybe? Uh, when uh, when he launched like his campaign, his logo was his name, and then they just added like three emojis at the bottom. It was great. Who was this? Uh, the mayor of Miami. Uh, let's um, let's make sure I have it. Uh, Francis X X Suarez. All right. Okay, so what were what were the words we were on? Oh, we're back to that, huh? Yeah, um, I, I said NASA. I, I said fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, okay. I, I've I've got it. Got my word. What I, I, I'm like really concerned that you thought of something so quickly. Fantasy NASA. If we don't get this, if we don't say the same word, I, I quit the show. I don't think there is one, but all right. Are you ready? Do you have your word? Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Space R- toilet. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> space fantasy. How is it not space toilet? We're done. If you didn't, if you didn't say either diaper or space toilet after fantasy in NASA, come on! All right, we're I never, was... we are never going to get the same. One more, one more time, one more. You one can more. do it. What? What was your word? Simon, it's Ryan Gosling. Yours was space toilet. Space toilet. Okay, Ryan Gosling, space toilet. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> I got my word. It's obvious. I want to play too. It's it's so obvious. Okay. Three, two, one. Emma Barbie Stone. Movie. Damien Chevalier. What did you say? The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. <laughs> the Barbie. Okay, I don't think we're going to match. All right. We'll try oh, again later have, in the show. If you would have been trying. You were not trying. You were not trying. Okay, if we'll try again did, later in the show. We'll when try again. You did, when Fantasy and NASA, and you didn't say anything diaper or toilet related. How is that fantasy? Are, like, a, a, oh, we love to have a space toilet. A diaper and went across... Oh, and that's why I went with the space toilet. You've often talked about how or like Dyson. It was it was one or the other. It was a toss up. Sometimes you have to just go with your gut. Maybe Dyson can make a adult diver. Oh, we have have we talked on the show about uh, recently about um, Dyson's headphones slash air purifier? No, no, because we talked about it, I think, in the past, and it's actually come out to market. How, how, how expensive uh, was th- it? Th- this is this is contested. Ryan and I claim that we've never talked about this. Okay, all right. But is it? But I don't on. remember. Yeah, wasn't it like fifteen hundred or something? I don't remember. Were these? Were was this one we talked about? Like just dumb devices, the prices of like just no. I I devices? think I don't. I think I brought it up. It was just kind of my scouring of the news. I was just like, mm-hmm. this thing is the craziest thing. It's like a headphones that has a mask and. Like Dyson's gonna, it's a thousand dollars, and they are Bluetooth headphones that also you could put this thing in front of your mouth, and allegedly it purifies the air that you breathe, but it's not sealed. So you could hang out in a public restroom when people are flushing <laughs> toilets and be fine. Well, I actually watched a YouTube video of, of like breaking it down. A guy bought them, and or maybe he was given them to review, and was just like. He was, it was a very serious review of it. He's just like, but there's no seal. You're just counting on it, like kind of pushing purified air from your, through filters by your ears to your mouth. But it, it's not, 
it's Wait, just kind what? of in front so, of your mouth. So there, the the suggestion it's not an actual is, mask. is that is that you're creating like just like around your head <laughs> a, yes, a, yes. a zone of purified air like everywhere but, you walk. I don't but, I don't think that that's it has it has a show though. I'd like to but see the thing, but it's, it's I'd not, like to see the study behind this. It's not snug to your face. Oh. So it's it just has like filters, and they're like incredibly heavy. They're not like comfortable headphones. I would think maybe the area right around the headphones, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, I think you like, might you might look look you might look less stupid with a bubble like the Bubble Boy. Yeah, I, I I honestly think at least that would be safe if this were your concern. Yeah, because what other reason are you buying them if you're not just like a major like germaphobe? Here's here's what it says. Why would you Chat- want- Channeling a continuous stream of purified air to your nose and mouth without touching your face for hygienic air delivery and comfortable breathing. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe there is a like maybe you are breathing like slightly more purified air than the rest of us, slightly more. But it's not going to keep out like if you're like worried about like what's in the air is not keeping any of that out is just. Yeah, you're getting a little bit more purified air, you know, if you're wearing these all the time. Well, you know, it's actually it's and how how many, how many hours a day do you have to wear them to get any benefit <laughs> of that? And, but I think the battery only lasts for like 90 minutes of air. But the bonus, like the side bonus, is that what you do fuck? get a rush of air in your mouth and nose, which is what That's we great. are all looking for. Love it. Well, you know, it's actually Dune One Tech. There, there's like this rectangle that appears around your head. <laughs> it's a, it's a rectangle of purified air. They yeah. can't, they, uh, you know, toxins, uh, stuff, in, uh, pollutions can't get, can't get, can't penetrate it unless they're going slow enough. Uh, speaking... The rush of air, the rush of air pushes out. It, it, it's blowing so hard. It, it's, it's air pressure that keeps everything out. That's what it is. It's, it's that, it's that air pressure. Uh, does it what, what a stupid dicey guy came up with one good idea and then he's like well okay that's that that okay that's a good question um in light of the fact that uh we're dating the episode now um uh, but uh instant pot uh recently filed for bankruptcy like they had one like item that they sold in different sizes but but essentially one item at a pressure cooker that is like an appliance you buy one of and then you're you're set yeah, for you they know, tried like i mean they have i could have seen them they make coffee Target makers recently. now like they make they make a yeah. ton of different products it's like well what else can we so is like they got a bunch of success from the one product they probably expanded the company beyond what they could you know you know absorb and then is like yeah we're we're not people aren't buying as many instant because they all have one now. Everybody wanted one. Yeah, they have it, and you have it, and so and, now you're not going to sell those customers again. So like uh, you, there, you could be successful probably there if you're just if you don't try to. You just realize you're it's going to blow up and then it's going to come down. You just have to like, but they want it to be you know some major you know consumer product company. And it's been weeks since I watch the review of this bizarre Dyson product. And the, the guy, you know, one of the questions he asked, I don't remember what his conclusions were was, but the question he asked is like, why, why does this exist? You know, like they are a company. That's that what I, how did this get? Sell, they, they, they sell vacuums like 
putting their name on. They've tried other things kind of successfully or unsuccessfully, but yeah, they, they've got those made, uh, like, hand dryers. Yeah. Um, those, those, those blade hand dryers. Um, yeah. Look, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what you guys are laughing at, but I Googled instant pot and I see instant pots with uh, Star Wars themes. So I don't know. Like there's one here that looks like R2D2. It's great. I want one. Yeah. Star Wars day, May the 4th. You know, you got to have your instant pot for that day. You've got, you know, yeah. you've got to have your Sunday instant pot. You've got to have instant pots. Yeah. If they would have leaned into that more, you know, I could see then needing four or five instant pots. <laughs> mm. This is our Super Bowl instant pot. It looks like a football. Speaking of brands that have gone bankrupt, uh, I uh, told you guys that I recently watched uh, the Ted Cruz documentary. It's from 2007, so it's not very recent. But it was terrific. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Robert Downey Jr. It was great. Uh, it was tense. Uh, I did not know how the movie was going to go. Uh, and then it, you know, it like like everything with Ted Cruz, it sort of ended disappointingly and inconclusively. So uh, I give it, uh, I give it um, four harvest trucks. Have you guys so you, seen it? You, you watch Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch Zodiac. First time. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, I've seen it multiple times. It's a great movie. It's a very good movie. Chris, Mark you should Ruffalo watch it. and Jake Gyllenhaal are great in it. Well, then, we talked who, about recently how I've like only seen, I think, the only Jake Gyllenhaal movies I've seen are the Spider-Man movies. Do you remember really? that when that came up? I'm like, because uh, on the sub beacon, they talked He's about in- like how great he is. And I'm like looking through his filmography and I'm like, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't He's seen in, that. um, is it monsters? The other, the Denny Villeneuve, what, what's the Denny Villeneuve movie that he's in? No, that's um, a Pixar movie. Um, yeah. Really crystal. It's monsters Inc with a K. Um, it, what is it? It's with him. Hugh, huge Jackman. And, uh, he's a cop. Huge Jackman's daughter is kidnapped. Paul Dano plays this weirdo. In the it, uh, in the it, neighborhood, it, it looks like he won all the awards for Nightcrawler, which I haven't seen. I've seen Nightcrawler. He's really good. It's he's creepy in Nightcrawler. Um, it's a scary movie. Pulled it off. Um, he's like no. I mean, it's no. It's not. Um, okay. They made a whole you, movie he, about he's like Charlie and Charlie's <laughs> with Frank's that game. Frank's game where they Nightcrawlers turn off the nights and. <laughs> Turn off the lights and crawl around in bed together. I like how excited uh, Ryan got when I said that I watched the Ted Cruz documentary and how he's all sad. I thought it was like a real, I was like, I looked for it. I was like, I don't see a damn Ted Cruz documentary. What the hell are you talking about? And then again, you said you finished it. And I went and looked for it again. And I was like, I still can't find it. Deep 2016 pull. Ryan, uh, what's Michael Jordan up to these days? Oh, Michael Jordan. That's right. Oh, well, this is Chris like likes to talk about the um, how much sports franchises, the the value of them have gone just like insane. And it was just reported that Jordan is selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets. And when he bought in in 2010, he paid two hundred and seventy five million dollars. And he's now selling his stake in the team for three billion dollars. That's insane. <laughs> and and then uh, there was the book 
um, I can't remember what it's called now, um, where uh, the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, the the Simon Mall family bought the Pacers in 1983 for $4.5 million. And like, even in today's money, that $4.5 million with inflation would be like 13 million right now. And the Indiana Pacers, you know, I mean, it, an NBA team is worth north of $2 billion, $3 billion, $13 billion, basically for a $3 billion. I, I like how I like how it says on children's Wikipedia that as of 2023, his net worth is estimated at two billion. Well, it's about to, <laughs> it's about to go up. Let's make that five. <laughs> so uh, I've wondered in the past. This makes sense now. I've wondered in the past why it is that um, you see famous people buying a stake in a team. Um, Patrick Mahomes owns a stake in. Um, I don't know the MLS team in uh, in Kansas City, and he may even have, have an ownership stake now in the Chiefs. But you see all these famous people buy like a portion of the team, and it's like, well, why does this even happen? Now it's starting to make sense. It's 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 cash for the owners. So well, like, if you if you put in two hundred seventy five million, it's like, okay, great, we have two hundred seventy five million. Um, every, it works out for everybody. Like, he cashes out his stake. He gets a, a ton of money, but um, the uh, the owners continue. They get all their revenue. They've given a portion of that to MJ in the meantime. Well, it's and- it's the moneyballization of like sports franchises now. Just like all these, like it used to be bit, people who own teams. They did it just because they wanted to own the team. Just a, like kind sports. of a vanity thing, yeah. Just- and then once these, you know. Wall Street guys or people who made their money like running like huge successful businesses got into it. Like they didn't just want to have the team. They wanted like now they run it like it's a like it's not as much about the sports. It's about like increasing the value in like every way of the team. But but it's not just like the only way they can increase in value. It's not just that they're a finite commodity, which mm. they are like, yeah, in, in a way. But um, it's also that like there have been so many added revenue streams recently mm. where it's it the owners make so much more money than they did in like the 80s and 90s um where you know they they may have genuinely operated at a loss um, yeah yeah where- it, it, for so long you heard that like it's not a great invest sports teams aren't a great investment and like now and i've talked it's pretty great but shouldn't the owners then, if their if their interest is profit, shouldn't they try to sell them as soon as they become successful? Like, shouldn't uh, Henry only... ha- shouldn't Henry have sold uh, the Red Sox after they uh, uh, they went and won the the World Series? Well, it's only if there's an end in sight to the like. Is is there a bubble? Because like, I mean, I, I keep pointing out to you guys have, when there are, when they, there are, are sales. They, have they ever gone down? <clears throat> right in value, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if he's like, if you think about it like that and they, they really think like, it's just going to keep going up. Maybe they're thinking about it. Like, what is this going to be worth when I'm gone and my kids have this team? Like, (laughs) going to be $20 billion teams. Like it can't, it can't just keep going up for right. There's got to be some point that. There it can just look at the housing market. (laughs) So like the, one of the more recent ones, but they that, can't that just I, build new teams. They can't just build like you know, uh, the teams get added so slowly that Steve Ballmer, 
purchased the Clippers for two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in 2014, and it was just like that seemed, that seemed insane. 2014. Yeah. Um, because the same year, the Milwaukee Bucks were purchased for 550 million. So there's 1.5 million people in Milwaukee. It's this tiny market. Um, and yet from in nine years, from 2014 to 2023, the Bucks went up from 550 million to do you remember the number what they're sold for this year? Um, I can't remember what it was. 1.2. 3.5 billion. Made a cool three billion uh for a nine-year investment in a team. That's what the fuck? <laughs> like that is like so insane. Uh like <laughs> you know what we need to do? We we need to like uh collect stats on all these arenas and then we need to create like the toilet index and see if Steve Steve Ballmer actually <laughs> means business or not. Price price uh value per toilet. Value over replacement <laughs> oh, toilet. Oh that that is that would be a great number to figure <laughs> out. Like the team's worth and then how many toilets they have. So the Clippers Wait. have appreciated two billion dollars, but it's less appreciation because he paid two billion for them. They're worth four now. Sure. Uh, where you know to go from half a half a billion to three and a half or, is crazy. Or, yeah, or yeah, or Michael Jordan from yeah. two hundred seventy-five million to three billion in you know thirteen years. And, and have they ever been successful? How big is their market? Who's Oh, the Hornets? Hornets? Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't it's matter what their market is. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're successful. It doesn't matter. Like the NBA is extremely popular. And now with these TV deals, like they don't give a shit if it's a good team or, or if people show up. Their money well, comes be- from the TV deals and the all their other revenue streams yeah. other than people showing up at games. Yeah. And I, mean, I think I would have to assume that that's true because I just can't believe that they're making all that much money off of attendance. Um, it's just one of the revenue streams. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, I mean, we're going to get sports gambling integration as well very soon. Yeah. Um, kind of live updates um, in the arena, in app um, that's sanctioned by the NBA. Things You're like that. You're going to be able to go to a game and walk out, uh, you know, without a house. <laughs> Yeah, there will be, be like notaries throughout where you can oh like gosh. <laughs> notarize documents yes. betting your house. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I guess I guess that's right. They do, they do put they do give those numbers for gambling addicts <laughs> in case you need it. Yeah. In uh, in football, uh, my kind of football uh, in the early two thousands, um, the the first like real superstar signing was David Beckham when David Beckham went to Real Madrid, uh, the Galacticos, when they assembled all of the stars. And people were wondering, where do they find the money? But Real Madrid had figured out that you get these huge, massive stars, massive names, they're like movie stars, and then you sell everything. You sell sell Mm. merch, you sell TV deals, uh, you put a seat in, a butt in every seat in the stand. Like they probably broke even on all of those insane purchases, probably made money, actually, to be honest, uh, even though they spent more than anyone has ever spent in the history of football. Were they, were they like the first, you know, at some point you would just see like it was just a cool thing in America to have, you know, 
Real Madrid jersey. Yeah, well, David Beckham was the fir- really the first modern era worldwide football star. Can I blow your mind if we're going to talk about soccer? Mm, I doubt you will. Okay. David Beckham, Ready um, to be one blown. of the parts of the deal of him coming to uh, play uh, in the MLS was LA, that LA Galaxy. Was that he was able to uh, essentially buy in on an expansion team? He owns which team, Thomas? Is it Inter Miami? Inter Miami. That's right. Uh, how much do you think he paid for it? Oh, uh, 10 million. 10 million? Uh, 30, $35 million. Yeah, at, the, at the time, the average price of a franchise was around $14 million. They're like, we'll sell you one. We'll do a buy in for $35 million. By the time Inter Miami played their first game in March 2020, mm-hmm. The club was valued at eight hundred fifty-seven million dollars. <laughs> now, who the fuck told him that that was like? How did he know? Because you know, you just said the average value was you know fourteen million, and they're like, no, 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 thirty-five million, and he's like, yeah, no problem. Well, like, the, the the MLS is this weird construct where like all of these star players and the clubs and the MLS leadership they're all in cahoots with each other. They're all banging. They're all having key parties. But uh, yeah, so, and that's probably, that's one of the, they wanted a star and he figured, well, then I want a team. And they were like, okay, sure. Which is, you know, that's pretty cool. So let, so he, he put in 35 million. By the time they actually started playing games, uh, it was worth 857 million with mess <laughs> with Messi joining the team. Uh, the value is predicted to break. Uh, what? Like, Wait, what the fuck did you say? Messi is yeah. going to play in Miami. Big news. When, when did this happen? Three weeks ago, two weeks mm. ago. Holy shit, that is going to be just insane. Well, uh, how many goals is he going to score in the MLS? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I know he's not what he used to be, but. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a huge Messi fan, but to his credit, he turned down way more money from the Saudis uh, to actually go. I mean, he played for PSG. Yeah, he has no credit. Uh, go on, Chris. But, but what? Yeah, but what? Yeah, he turned down Saudi money, but it's there are things that money. It's not just money can't buy. Like, do you want to go play in obscurity and be paid a ton of money to go play in Saudi Arabia? Or like, are you planning for the next 30 you years? You can of your live life? in Miami as a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. The next 30 years of your life as David Beckham did. So like, what deal have they set up for Messi to be a billionaire and actually live in the first world? Yeah. <laughs> I, I read something about and this. Not, that and I not can't... be universally hated, right? Yeah. But what did you say? What did you say the value is going to be? Or they're predicting? 1.5 billion <laughs> with the B. So it's not just the, the major four, you know, top revenue sports. It's MLSs too, which is uh, so I guess weird. Like, they don't we, have the revenue. Off by asking like because uh, what who'd you say Patrick Mahomes has a stake in? It's just their 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 agents and managers are telling them now, like, here, we're going to. Now it's time to get have, in. If you want to be a billionaire when you retire. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about most of these athletes, right, is that they, they don't really know anything besides how to play sports, but they probably enjoy watching oh, sports. So yeah, it's probably... it's what, Michael Jordan is a, a terrible, terrible, <laughs> like, uh, owner or like yeah. talent evaluator because, yeah. like, he, he never, he, he, like, just does not understand, like, you know, somebody who is not literally like willing to die to <laughs> to win a game. It just does not compete with him. It's why when he played, <laughs> we get fist fights in practice. It, you know, it just he's 
he's a psychopath because his dad was insane. His dad was a monster. I had forgotten what it was that Patrick uh, Mahomes did. In 2020, he bought a minority stake in the Kansas City Royals. So it's estimated that he bought... I uh, spent $10 million on a 1% share. Now, who owns the Chiefs and who owns the Royals? Because because they, you can't, like, to get a player to stay with your team, you cannot give them part of that's the true. team. That's true. That that's why I was wrong. Yeah. Um, it's, the, um, it's still the Hunt family that owns the Chiefs. Yeah. So that's what that, that, that's, that's fucked up. That's getting around the rules. It's like, it, it, like, you know, we're not going to pay you a bunch of, uh, like increase your salary and they oh they specific- paid plenty <laughs> I know but like now hey we'll give you we can't legally we can't give you a piece of the Chiefs um but we do own this other team <laughs> and we can just give you a piece of that like it's it's getting around the NFL's like labor laws by doing that and yeah well and and so he bought one percent share at, at ten million so he he's made at least. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess it's a short-term thing. They're they're estimated to be worth 1.2 billion. I I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, math, I mean, it's just mathematically like, to figure out exactly what how much he made on that. And investment. I'm sure he's not even worried about it right now. It's it's probably for you know he's just going to hold on to that, and then when he retires, it's going to be worth who knows. But at the time, I scratched my head like, wh- wh- why do you buy one percent of a team? Okay, now it's now it's kind of becoming more clear. The Forbes list from 2022. Uh, do you know which team they ranked as? The most, the highest valued team in the world, all sports. All sports. Some some Uh, stupid soccer team or something. No, no, the soccer teams are not close. Yankees. Um, no, it's it's gotta be Cowboys. Yankees are fourth. It's the Cowboys. Okay. uh, Valued at eight billion. So are the next three teams NFL then? What is Jerry Jones' net worth? Like, (laughs) was he was he already like a you know above ten billionaire? When we or it's just the Cowboys that has made him a billionaire. He, so he is again. He is someone who's a terrible talent evaluator. Mm-hmm. Like all the mistakes they made were, mm-hmm. and he almost like he really to have his son-in-law talk him out of Johnny Manziel. I know for that <laughs> he was all in, and instead they they got like one of their offensive linemen that's like made them successful for the last ten years. <laughs> so Jack it's doing the other- Cow- Cowboys, Patriots, Rams, Yankees, uh, Giants. That's right. Those Stan Kroenke. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry Jones was not super wealthy, um, and he's not a good talent evaluator, but he's really good at making money. He's this really smart businessman in the NFL. Yeah. Like, like he bought the Cowboys. He, yeah. He he wasn't he, he no. wasn't very wealthy when he bought the Patriots, and now he's multi-billionaire. Like, Jerry oh, Jones figured out how to monetize the NFL, and he's done great things for the NFL, in, in addition to, like, making money as a Cowboys owner. What, he owns America's team? Yeah. Uh, he, he, right. he, um, how, okay, 89. How much do you think he spent uh, to buy the Cowboys? 1989. I mean, I don't know. Uh, 25 bucks and some change. 12 million. No, uh, 140 million. Oh. oh, okay. But at the time, the franchise was losing a million dollars a month. But, you know, Jerry <laughs> Jones is like, I think we could probably make some money with this. <laughs> Does he also own uh, the Rangers or is that someone else? No, it's someone else. That's George Bush. I don't think that's right. Are you sure? He he owns SMU. Who? Uh, SMU. That's What's that's that? he that's, owns a Southern Methodist University. That's a joke. That's where his library is. Transition. That's all sports talk for now. Uh, I hope I hope everyone enjoyed that. That took forty five well, minutes. 
One last thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. We have more. I promise this is the last thing. Jerry Jones did not become a billionaire until 2004. Okay. <laughs> what a poor fuck. Okay. Chris, you have a headline. I have a headline. This is just like uh, a not a long article, but just a bit of whiplash for me as I read the headline and then I read the lead of the article and I, like I, I'm just like flip flop and I've I've like I have whiplash in my neck from uh, changing position. So, how the, big are these papers you're printing the articles out on? Oh, oh huge. Do you have a regular size? My my printer is is. I could not find a regular sized printer. So I have whiplash a, reading. You, they got to be a size of the wall. I have a printing press is what I have. When the newspaper went out of business, I. You have J.K. Simmons in your basement? Headline, woman, 95, dies after stun gun hit. Hang on. Now, say those last three words again. Woman, 95, dies after stun gun hit. After stun gun hit. I thought you said sun for a second. So that okay. that's a, that makes a little more sense. I thought you said sun gun hit. I didn't know what a sun gun was. Stun gun. I would like a sun gun. Son of a gun. It is. I'll show you a sun gun. That's when I John Hamm takes his pants off. Okay. Stuff. Well, that, that doesn't that doesn't sound okay. I mean, too yeah, crazy. I, I like, would imagine, yeah, a 95-year-old. Yeah, you blow her um, and she dies. Like that's not too crazy. So go on. Blow her. Uh, all right. Here's the article. Now, what part of the stun gun blows? I was I was just instead of poking someone with a feather, it's like it's the next thing you go to. Is the uh, never mind. Go on, Chris. Okay. Now, 95- what bothered you about that? You Me? you think that that's I'm shocking like that's ho- that- yeah, I'm like it's horrifying. Like, well, sure. I mean, the idea that someone would stun gun uh, a 95 year old. Yeah, um, that, and and that's- like it's. Yeah. It's clear in, in like the whatever you call the subtitle or whatever subhead that 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 this was like a police officer that killed her. I'm like, what in oh. the world? Okay, and then I read the lead: a 95 year old Australian woman, whom a police officer in Australia used a stun gun on last week, has died in a hospital. Authorities said Wednesday, not long after announcing charges against the officer who Whoa. used the stun gun to repel her when she approached him while holding a steak knife. Then I'm like, oh, there's a little bit more information. It wasn't just, you know, um, put your hands on the wheel. It was like someone comes at you with a knife. I'm a little bit maybe more sympathetic saying, well, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that there was nothing else he could have done besides (laughs) stun gun, the 94-year-old, 95-year-old woman. I haven't switched sides. He couldn't have, like, there's no way he could beat her in a race. So <laughs> well, I, I haven't totally switched sides. I'm just like, I want to hear more. The case provoked outrage across Australia. You, you got to take all Australians down. They're all criminals. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's where's the lie. The uh, provoked outrage across Australia as circumstances of the confrontation, be, confrontation between the woman, Claire Nowland and the police officer emerged. Nowland who had dementia used. Okay. Dementia. I'm like, okay, that's, that, that could be so she, she, she has no idea what she's Did, doing. Why the police were called in the first place? It does. I don't know if I read that far because the next sentence kind of seals the deal for me. Um, Nowland, who has dementia, used a walker and weighed 95 pounds, <laughs> fell and fractured her skull after a senior constable used the stun gun on her in their care facility where she lived. In so not only did she weigh facility. 
care. So not only yeah. did she weigh a measly 95 pounds, she's wasting away, but she can't even walk. Like, so, you no, know, she's no. she walking. Lives, she she's lives in the care facility. She lives in the care facility. What could she have possibly done that the staff there was like, she's, we can't, we, we can't stop her. Call the police. Like, what? I don't understand why the... I like the mental image of a 95-year-old with a walker approaching the cops with a knife and the yeah. cop is like, lethal danger. <laughs> right, because it's like, well, she has to have both hands on the walker to really remain stable, so she's not going to really be that threatening so, with the yeah, knife. Exactly. It's like the, the like, hands on the... <laughs> like, it had to be a situation where she's standing there, one hand on the walker, one hand on the knife, probably not advancing, Right, because she's like, stay there so I can stab you. Yeah. <laughs> and then she raises her hand. The guy takes one calm step back, and, like, and he's he, out of range. Like, he had somewhere to be. He didn't have time to wait her out. Maybe the, maybe the Australian police just, they, they have like an expedited training program. You learn one solution to every pro- problem. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If it's a speeding ticket, stun gun. If it's gun. a 95-year-old woman, stun gun. gun. <laughs> Where's Daniel Galata where, when we need him? Like we need answers. Red, wet. No, I can't do it. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much, cops all over are not getting enough training in de-escalation. No, c- clearly they're told not. To be, yeah. They're told they're going into war. They're war. They they're told, oh, you're a warrior. Like you're not goddamn soldiers. My my whip, whiplash was like, okay, the the thought of someone with dementia coming at you with a knife, I could see that conceivably in theory being a little scary and yet if you're in a walker like you're not a threat to anyone if you can actually move and the if you are a police officer the job is not that sure maybe you're slightly worried oh this seems a little scary Uh, the job is not that like in australia your job is to stun people at the first hint of you know you having a little bit of fear like move directly to lethal force like i'm sorry the job is, that's that's why right and yet that's that's how like every single officer gets off i know in, it's in like these, oh i feared for my life yeah i was scared fuck so, you you can't just shoot someone because justifies you, lethal like, force apparently. fear for your life but that's and we yeah let's so uh, clo- uh also in uh australia the vicinity of australia uh, there is the province of kandahar uh, and this week, I'm, I'm in a neighborhood, right? Uh, and this week, we have watched the new, what do we call it? The Gerard Butler movie? Or do we call it the, hang on, Rick Roman Borg, Borg movie? It's the Rick Roll movie, yes. It's the Rick, uh, Rick Roll. So it's uh, Gerard Butler in Kandahar playing in theaters everywhere, is, is my understanding. Everywhere. Well, uh, I, I didn't see it. He's also here. not Kandahar for very long. Uh, spoiler. Him mute spoiler. is not a great title. He's in, he's in Kandahar for what, 10 minutes? If that's... Yeah. Starts in Iran, ends like, in England. Yeah, they're only like in... Why is it called Kandahar? Well, Can because I that's, what? that's the extraction point. Okay. Got it. Sure. Jesus. That's All right. <laughs> So, uh, Ryan, this movie was your idea. Where did you hear about it? How did you know this movie existed? How did I know that? I, that's a good question. I don't know how I saw that. 
It may have been that I was a very reputable legal above board website. I was looking <laughs> at uh, the recently added um, streaming movies to it. And this Kandahar, I saw Gerard Butler and uh, clicked on it and said, that is Gerard Butler. I have some numbers for you. Uh, worldwide, 6.2 million. Where did it play? Uh, the I, I US and was- Canada. Where? I have not been anywhere. I, I don't think it. I checked. It was not playing theaters here. Yeah. What was the budget on this thing? It. it uh, that seems unclear. It, it says here that Open Road Films acquired the film's U.S. distribution rights in an eight-figure deal. Eight figures. How much is that? It's eight. I mean, you have the, you have the, <laughs> the, the figures, and then they're. Are we counting the 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 cents? The, yeah. Does that part of? Because <laughs> I make six digits in that case. <laughs> a little over $10 million is what we're saying. Yeah, it must must have been just like exactly $10 because it certainly wasn't 99 Because that was just, yeah, that was for the distribution. And it does not seem like they made that back. So would you say they made like $6.2 or something like that? Uh, 6.2, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Chris, give it a big boy review for Kandahar. Aren't we going to skip the big boy review and just jump right into the scene by scene analysis? Isn't that what we agreed <laughs> I, we're going to do? I feel like the movie needs a little more context because no one has heard about it. Okay. Uh, Gerard Butler plays basically the same. An electrician. Of character as he plays. I mean, the details change the details, but he's got a daughter. Um, Terrible dad. (laughs) No, no, he's not abusive. Basically the same guy as he is in playing. He's running late a lot. (laughs) So like he's a real dick. Got to get home to see the daughter, uh, but he works for MI6, but apparently, no, 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 well, apparently yes. hang on, hang on. Apparently, it's like soccer players where you could put someone on loan to another team because he's on loan from MI6 on loan to the CIA. From MI6 to the CIA. <laughs> so this was written by a former, where did I write that? Uh, hang on. By a former CIA agent. Is this like yeah. former CIA agent in the same way that Woody Harrelson plays his character in White House Plumbers? Yeah, his it's written like by colossal Mitch, F- Mitch LaFortune, if he is real name. I will argue with you here, Chris. I don't think he actually belongs to MI six anymore. I think he's freelance, and no, he's like why they, the, literally the he's line MI6. is he's on loan from MI six. That's what, what they say. That, uh, that's that's oh, what yes. his buddy says. The not his buddy, or his you know his boss. He, when he's trying to get him back, he's like, well, he's on loan from MI6. Ryan's so right. maybe he didn't really mean on, I don't know, but that's that's literally what he said in the movie. Which, <laughs> maybe he said Lionel Messi was on loan. Yeah, I wouldn't have assumed <laughs> that either, Thomas, unless that guy just said. Because I, I, it seemed like he was a freelance guy. But until when he says, and it's like, wait a second, so he's getting a salary from MI6? And... <laughs> What? <laughs> but he starts out, so he's doing a job um, for the CIA uh, to blow up like centrifuges. Stuck in that too. He, he's down underground. If anyone finds that junction box, <laughs> he's really shrecking it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm being trouble. And um, the set. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so he's he's down underground playing an electrician. Doing the wires, and he puts doing, in some sort of doing device, magic wires that allow us to breach the firewall and turn up the heat. And they did this. They did this. The, the, this was what Stuxnet was. We we took out like something like nine hundred centrifuges 
It's in, uh, in so area. much easier doing that than doing the trench run and having to like shoot a magic missile into something the size of a, an opening the size of a womp rat. I thought Stuxnet was Israel. Here's but you the need thing, someone to go down and put a, th- a thingamajigger in a junction box. Right. And when you do that and you climb up out of there, the Iranians are going to be really suspicious and about what were, what were you actually virus. doing down there. Uh, they will ask you questions and you will not say anything. And then you will just reach down Look, into your pocket. Super suspicious. Soccer, uh, yeah. soccer and, event- the world. and eventually you show up with your phone and you're like, Look how fast internet you have. You can watch the Champions League now. And I'm like, okay, whatever. That's so yeah, because they're 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 threatening to kill them, they're threatening them with the Cuds force. And they just <laughs> they think that they're because they are suspicious of these guys, they think that they're you know, they think that they're they are what they are, they think they're CIA. Yeah. And uh, apparently just because they took too long i don't know what i don't know and what they the keep asking was. what are you doing and right. uh like, gerard butler feels very passionately show don't tell mm. so he doesn't uh, tell them what he's doing he's not even sure pauses. if he understands what they're asking <laughs> Dramatic effect. So, so i think they're suspicious because they're western right which leads to my follow-up question are there now iranian electricians <laughs> would, would you would you let well, some? So I mean, that's the thing. They 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 just contracted. You know, it it was a it just a company, and so I guess it's like when you hire any other company, and they come out and say, you know, you hire a company here, and it's two Iranians in the van, and say, oh, oh, okay. You... Well, so it's the same thing there. It's a, they they contracted this high Iranian company to come out and fix their internet. But it's I, think it was a Swiss, I think it was a Swiss company. After the nuclear power plant blows up, as Chris said, Gerard Butler is now going to try to make it home to his daughter's graduation. Graduation party? I think it was, gradu- I think it was specifically graduation party. But, I don't um, know, but he ends up at the Dubai airport and buys a cute little car that uh, he's going he's gonna to bring home. And it well, turns but- out his plane is delayed. My okay, favorite but, part was when he's talking to his wife because they're getting a divorce, and she's like, "Your daughter's telling her that you know something uh, absentee dad or like um, something like that," and um, he's she's saying she's leaving him, and he, she's like, "Well, you're just gonna go right back over there," and he's like, "What else am I gonna do?" And she says, "Well, why don't you teach? You've got the degree." <laughs> And what, why is she needing to remind him? Is, okay. this, is that just for us? Is they, he's not stupid. He seems stupid. But no, he has a degree. Well, that's the great thing about this movie, though, is is that they really explain everything to you. So you don't you can be a total idiot. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no room conf- confusion because everything is narrated for you where like, why is like, why does it, she think he's a bad dad? Because like. What are you doing the spy stuff for? Like you could just get a normal job and like not have to risk your neck and mm-hmm. it, but he's just like what's it like why is it? he's like doesn't want to be stuck behind a desk? I get yeah, something like that. Cuz he explains continually throughout the movie just like how dangerous his job is, right? Like yes. we have Chekhov's crane. So like in the first act he mentions at least we're not hanging we're from not cranes. We're not hanging yet. from cranes. <laughs> yeah. And then like half an hour later, we see some other people hanging from cranes. And and so, uh, Thomas, you, you have your hand up. Here's my, my question then. So all the, like, the daughter stuff and whatever, 
And you get this sense that, oh, but he is doing this because uh, he feels a duty to his country or the Western world or whatever, and it's dangerous and he has to go do it. I don't know if you, uh, I, I but did then not get the what sense. actually convinces him to continue on with his mission is that he's offered more money. It's a pile yeah. of money. <laughs> Is that he's he, like, what doesn't she want it? Your daughter want to go to medical school? So so he really he doesn't want to be a teacher because teachers have shit pay. I think that's it. You know, undercover agents, they don't make very much money either. I would think it's somewhere in the same line as, you know, a teaching position. I uh, strongly doubt that. I think you're overestimating how much these guys get paid. <laughs> unless they're taking, you know, unless they're on the take. Right. If, right. if he's got some shakedown racket that he's that he's also well, running. I mean, I don't. You you yeah. think the the pile of money that his <laughs> boss? You think that was over the table that he piled them up? Like, no, he was he was literally no, putting them on the table, right? But it's yeah. not. I did not see any of that money go under the table, Thomas. <laughs> it seemed like there was a failure of of product placement in this movie because at the airport he's in the gift shop trying to, you know, which is a great place to buy gifts for your graduation gift for your daughter is an airport. Right gift shop you know like oh here's some trinkets from from dubai you know but it's not actually trinkets he looked first at stuffed animal and then perfume and then did you see the chocolate bar like it looked exactly like a toblerone but it wasn't it was a it was called a pyramid bar (laughs) (laughs) but it's like not even a pyramid like it's like like at best is a series of connected pyramids like don't Pyramids have some sense of symmetry, like they're as as wide as flat pyramid sides. Yeah. Hey, we don't know. We've never been to Dubai. Maybe that's what they have there. They cut the tops off all their pyramids. Actually, doesn't make it home on the first try because his boss offers him a sack of money, and it's like, I need you to go back in. You're the best I have. And what's he gonna do? Build an airstrip. What's that? He's he's, got to build a landing strip because they're gonna bomb. They got to be able to launch. Uh, the a strike on the nuclear facilities. So like, there are in this world, we just acknowledge there are no um, how air, far aircraft did, carriers. Like, there are no I, aircraft carriers. How, in this like, world. do they not have enough fuel? Was that the was that the issue? It's like, we have no fuel for our airplanes anymore. We got to launch basically right next to this. Well, <laughs> I mean, the point the, the the point is like the mission doesn't matter. Like it's no, like, no, com- like complete. There's some urgency. You got to go there now. I don't know how he's going to single-handedly build an airstrip. That's what I was <laughs> like. There was no discussion of how the fuck am I going to build an airstrip? But it's, like, it's as- just like, it's just like a common, like, like, oh yeah, send me in. I'll get you in. <laughs> I'll build you an airstrip. <laughs> like, See, maybe I don't, I'm, I'm highly for. unsure that's the mission. I don't. I don't. That is exactly what, what the mission was. That can't have been. The, I don't have no recollection of what it is. But it can't have been that. What did you think he was doing? Well, he wasn't fucking building airstrips. Well, that's because like as sick. soon as he gets to Herat, not Kandahar, because they spend literally one line on it. One line. Like, one line. It's right. I, but then we he need also, it. We've well, got to get us an airstrip so that we can and it launch has a to be strike. now. His like, boss then you can, also it'll says take, you'll take be three back days. In you'll time. still get time. Yes, you'll get who back in time. An air, who thinks an airstrip in three days? <laughs> Gerard Butler. That's why it had to be him. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because as soon as he arrives in Herat, somehow, like the secret police in Iran, have done their homework. But did did those cop? Uh, not those cops. Those. Iranian military who were skeptical of what was happening. Did they take photos of their IDs? Is that what they did? 
No, they got no, from they the got leak, that from the from the from the, 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 the journalist. Because okay. the journalist, yeah, the, the, the lady the, some, journalist. Um, who was the uh, what was the her uh, her name? James. James at the when she answers the phone, she's like, "This is James," and she he told her yeah, the, well, the information, and he's he's and then he says, "Oh, someone's coming out. I gotta go." Then she gets on the phone with her boss and says, "My Pentagon source just sent me the documents." Um, and she's already she's okay. So she's already been under surveillance surveillance. Sorry, surveillance um, by by the Iranian officials, and so they're able to get get um, the identity of people who are responsible for the destruction of this nuclear facility. And um, so, well, I think she had in the documents. I think she got because he said no names, but and she said we can just use the company that they got um, it, which to me is like. Yeah, why, probably... would, why would why would the, the CIA documents have like photos? Like, what? Well, I mean, well, it was. I mean, I mean maybe it was just that. Like, okay. I, I assume when like it's a you know some kind of cover operation, and they have to get um, you know IDs to pretend that they work for these companies. I'm thinking that I would think I thought because I assume they got the IDs from the company. So but it must I have been. Assume they... that the company's not keeping records of the undercover agents they give out company ids to but it must have been a very high level leak from the cia of somebody who objected to the idea that we're doing this well, the, the, leak, the, the, the leak was the guy in the control room okay i mean that's obvious to everyone right i who? don't remember his name I, the, the guy the guy in the control room who the guy, uh, i know that she says she calls him james the guy who said text the pilot uh, I, I don't know. They, I don't know his name. It was an elderly white gentleman who in one scene, he they do something like they have they talk with Gerard Butler and uh, the thing blows up and whatever. He grabs his phone, walks out of the room and then she gets the call and she gets you're the taking this way too seriously. OK, let's you so- just said the movie spoon feeds you everything. Okay, they're in Herat, and as as soon as they arrive with this translator, the the op is blown. Their cover's blown because everyone knows their face. We're explained by multiple people um, that not only are the Iranians after them, but everyone else is. Why? Because they will sell him to the highest bidder. This is said by multiple characters. In case you missed it, so stupid. The first right. time. So so we get to see the Pakis. How much money is that going to be? <laughs> Yeah, so we get to see the Pakistani intelligence service, the ISI. We see the Iranians, and all of them are talking about we need to get him. And so the the Iranians, like they've got an item. They watch them come out of the building and get in their vehicle, and they're following them, but they don't intervene. Like it, it's weird. Like they're like, let's wait till they get to a crowded marketplace. And then let's go after them. But that gives he Gerard says, Butler. The time. guy says something. What does he? Because he gives he gives some explanation. I can't remember what he says. But yeah, they, he says let's. Uh, for some reason, he says let's wait. I let's don't wait. remember what it was though. I'm a little confused. Why does Gerard Butler want to change the track? What what difference is it going to make? They're going to know which car he's in. But no, they need to get they need to get a rickety old truck. I think he thought that that they were further ahead than they actually were, okay. that right. if they so, actually spotted them making the switch, that they would have done something first. But I don't know. I, I, I do think it's an educational movie. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you guys know that you could just start a car by jamming a screwdriver in the ignition? 
I, I was like, oh, he's like a super spy. Like he knows how to hotwire it. Chris, right? these are it's a third world country. Country. Their engines are very simple. You can't. They, they, they can just be operated by, it's by a screwdriver. You just jam a screwdriver in. You could not do that in a 2020 Dodge Dodge Journey. No, it's Toyota, isn't it? No, it's a Nissan. Is it? Is it's a Nissan? That's what it is. It's a like a, a 90s Nissan truck. But yeah, he just he's a flathead on his pocket knife. He's a flathead screwdriver and just jams it. In the he, he just jams it in like if you it's shove an, it in hard enough. Apparently, jam it in like it's an overpowered fuse in Ryan's air conditioner. Yeah. He, I I didn't think long enough about like how stupid that is. That's how he starts the car. <laughs> it's not even. He doesn't even right. hot wire it. He just right. shoves the thing yeah. in there. And then then there's a oh, uh, you don't you lost your keys. You have a flathead screwdriver. <laughs> those are, those work just like keys. <laughs> I was gonna say something and I lost my train of thought. Oh, I I was just gonna mention like at this point, um, his handler, uh, and his and his interactions well, from Succession. Who Roman? His name is Roman. Okay, yeah, Roman. His his handler. Oh, at this no, point in the he's movie, not the handler. Yes. What would you call him, Roman? You would call him a handler? Yeah. No, because uh, the Mo is the handler. Mo no, is the Mo, interpreter. He's the interpreter. Well, you, when he tells you, him what he needs to do, he says, "I need a top-notch handler." Somebody who really knows the before he accepts after the pile of money and okay, then before so he says, then he says I, need, well, I, I need a well, really top. That's not, what a, handler that's not what a handler is. is but. Okay. No, Gerard Butler is wrong. That's not a handler. That's an interpreter. <laughs> but, but at this point, you know, we talked about how um, one movie with Gerard Butler is heat for idiots. So at this point with his interaction with his handler, I'm like, Oh, this is body of lies for idiots. You know, it's, it's, it's like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe. I'm like, that's what this movie is. Um, but very quickly we move from there. Once he meets Mo, it's like, no, this is Guy Ritchie's the covenant for idiots. As far as the betrayal Afghans who worked with the United States, like it becomes more about yeah. that right. than, than anything else. Uh, so they're, they're getting it away wasn't originally because this script was written like like in the early 2010s or whatever. So at some point after we pulled out of Afghanistan, they they threw in that. Uh, they're like, oh, we should include line. this, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, again, it's narrated for us as we're watching Gerard Butler navigate all this stuff, jam the screwdriver and start the car, get out and get away, essentially, um, as a as a viewer we're like oh wow i like this guy he's good and what do we see the the cia people who are watching him from a satellite they say i like this guy he's, he's good, good. <laughs> in, case, in case you were doubting <laughs> that, that he knows what he's doing he he drives around around drives away and is uh, followed by this guy on a motorcycle. Mm. But then- yeah, so so that's so we've got the Iranians in an SUV, and then we've yes. got this mis- not Mister guy. We we know who he is. This guy in a motorcycle. This guy who had to interrupt his holiday, his two day. Oh, holiday. He, did, he was not happy about his, that. His two day orgy, and yeah. he blows up the Iranians. Yeah, he put a little, he put a little bomb on their SUV. Little magnet bomb. Yep. Yeah. Then he gets he gets in a wreck, but he still holds on to the remote they get out uh, of town but then like drive into a hole lucky tire, for them, which honestly oh my god the changing tire scene oh my like what <laughs> in the fuck was going on like he's like change the tire i'm gonna pull security <laughs> mo like gives it a two second effort like literally <laughs> the first time tire touches the lug that he drops it 
uh, or no, he's he's putting the jack. He starts to um, uh, uh, crank the jack like he hasn't even cranked it once. And then he just gives up. He says, no, I'm not doing this. And then Gerard Butler proceeds to like get like invested in this guy's life, get his backstory, like all while they're like in this. They've got no time. They've got no time. No. And they're <laughs> yeah. standing around like the scene. I don't know if it's real time, but it was 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, this this no, movie was too know. short. We need we need to get it up to fifteen. Let's what? have a tire changing scene. And Gerard <laughs> Butler is like, it, for some reason, dr- during all this time, when Gerard Butler is looking, you know, he's not on security. He's uh, facing the guy oh, talking yeah. to him. But it's just like, no, I I told you to change the tire. If this relationship is going to work, I'm not just going to do everything for you. So no, he he he, he held his ground. He he refused to do lift a hand to, or finger to even help him change or a hand. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but not even a finger. Like, why couldn't you just say, hey, watch. If you see anybody, let me know. I'm going to change this tire. But he does spot some movement. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a child. Well, and the child is, is ready to set off an ID. Had they gone like another hundred feet, uh, they would have blown up. Boom. They would have been boom. dead. Uh, so so the, ch- the child gave him the, they picked up the remote, right? And then they and he's just like, I and wonder he, what he this pushes does. the button. Boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't standing on it. <laughs> I also, so they managed. I wish the then... movie would have just ended that way. This would have yeah. been the best movie ever <laughs> if, like, we get to that point. Jordan Butler's like, huh? What happens if he, I press he this? Close to bits. You see Mo just standing there, like. Cut, cut to the CIA guys, and they're like, "I guess he wasn't that good. <laughs> he wasn't that good." And then black. <laughs> <That's>, yes. <laughs> Boy, was it wrong about him? <laughs> so half an hour later, they oh managed to to get away, and the guy on the motors, the, the Pakistani on the motorcycle, shows up. And why? Why does everyone know who he is? Like, I know he's a secret, like he's a secret agent for the Pakistanis. But this kid who lives <laughs> in this desert, like he sees it. You know who I'm? Yes, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, he, he's not like you. He's, you do? He's not like, he's not, like <laughs> he's not like all white people look alike. It's the opposite. He's like, yeah. I saw this guy for like ten seconds, and I have his entire face seared in my consciousness. Yeah, yeah. you're pa- you're Pakistani Batman. We get it. I think the next scene is pretty good. When he this... fights the helicopter. Okay, so what's the coolest part about that is in his backpack, he's got like a backpack's worth of stuff. And he's got like an assault rifle, guns, and also night vision goggles. He has, does not have his headlights on. He's driving like 80 miles an hour at night with night vision goggles. That was great. And then again, he tells Mo to take the wheel, and he doesn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the helicopter hits the... Um... Uh, hits the engine and the uh, fluid sprays all over the windshield. And, yeah, uh, and then then there and then there's this cool shootout against the helicopter in the mountains, and Mo gets mad at him because he uses him as bait and whatever. Where do they go next? Is this when they up at the the warlord's place? Must be. Is there yeah. anything in between? I don't think so. Like, what next? Because uh, they were on their way. He's like, I know somebody who can help us. And right. And it turns wa- out to be this evil warlord who burns down villages for fun. Yeah, and, and they just walk there. Is that? I no, no. They get a ride, right? Like they're captured. Yeah. Oh, they, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we skip that. Yeah. So he, they're they're captured, locked up, and Roman comes uh, impersonating. No, this no? is no. This is later. Oh, that's after that. 
So they must have walked to the buddy's house. But the buddy, no, you tell us. I, I think they. He's like, I know somebody, and they get there, and Mo's like, this guy's your friend, you know, yeah. and and like Gerard talked about him affectionately, yeah, no, as if no, like I, they are like really tight, and they are really tight, and this right. is yeah a butcher, but like, hey, if 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 he's a butcher who's friendly with me, then they're. I yeah, guess that's ex- like Gerard ex- Butler has no problem with him killing. Yeah, except this butcher butchered Mo's kid. So that's a bit of yeah, an that's issue. That's tough for Mo. That's <laughs> yeah, and, well, and yeah. that's when Gerard Butler realized he's like, oh, those kids that my friend were butchering, that could have been yeah, my other parents. friend's kids. Now I'm yep. friends with his those kids. <laughs> he was totally okay with you know the genocide. <laughs> the standoff ends in nothing. It's a huge disappointment. Then they end up getting a car and can drive away. But the butcher places a phone call to these other guys, right? Yes. and tells them where they're going. And now they're, now they're captured by other warlords. His buddy was a warlord <laughs> too, but warlords. it's other warlords. Now it's bad ones. <laughs> and Roman yeah. with some, like, they call them special forces, but like, I've, are they I've, just unaffiliated? Or are they just like I've, special forces who are now warlords? I have no, right? I, I have no yeah. idea. I feel like, I felt like I got the impression they were British special forces working undercover as ISIS warlords. I because they're, they're dressed up as ISIS and they got yeah. the ISIS flag and everything, but I'm like, yeah, I, I'm. This is highly unclear, right? Yeah, and and what also is unclear is is um, Roman uh, performs this this rescue mission because um, like Mo and I don't know. Do we do we do we know Tom, uh, Tom Harris? Tom Harris is Gerard Butler's name. Yeah. Okay. Mo and, and Tom, they, they this bold rescue, but they take like huge casualties doing so, right? <laughs> And then they just leave them there. They're like, oh, they'll, they're special forces. They'll be fine. Like, what, what does he say? They'll keep fighting. They'll fight to the death for something. Yeah. I don't know. They're like, okay, fuck them. We'll go. They knew the deal. There's just like intense firefight with like yeah. RPGs and, and stuff is blown up. People are set on fire. Roman is like the hero of the films, you know, sacrificially. Like, <laughs> because at first the, the answer is like, no, we, um, no, we do like, like we, just... we, we cut him off. We, we, we say, you know, he was off. Yeah, he was not disavow. Acting. He was disavow, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, I'm going to go in. Get oh, that's guy. right. Thomas is right, because that's when Roman tells the CIA uh, guy, that, like, you know that the MI6 uh, special forces are undercover in the area. Uh, oh, okay. That, that's when he tells them that, when they're first like, oh, no, we got to cut them off and disavow them. And he says, no, you know that this group is in there. They can help. They can help. And, 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 and we like their help, but... Do not care if they live or die. Right. Yeah. We will take their help, but um, we're essentially going to use their deaths as like we're actually to escape. We're behind enemy lines and we could essentially end the battle by walking up and shooting them in the back of the head. <laughs> but instead, we're going to go out the back door. We get the end scene next to uh, the old, the former CIA base or something or no, U.S. military is, base. Is this in is this in Kandahar? Are we in Kandahar the, yet? The, this is Kandahar. Oh, okay, We're now good. in Kandahar. Okay. Where you have the, the final showdown. Didn't and this is where Roman takes a bullet to the head and dies. But then, don't you love the scene where? The Pakistani and Gerard Butler just run at each other and fire their gun. <laughs> what, what is this? There is so much that's amazing about that. So the, the scene, the scene is that like they're they're at this. Is it an abandoned airfield? Because an abandoned, like it, an abandoned American airstrip. And a C one thirty is gonna land for one minute. 
Yeah. And they've got one some minute. people they're going to get on there. And then they're also going to get Gerard Butler on there, but there's yeah. no one else there to kind of help. And right. so they're, sur- so they've got the motorcycle guy who's finally caught up to them, kills Roman. It's not just that. <laughs> well, he's called in his Taliban friends. Yeah. Who are arriving in what, what do they say? Like 50, 50 vehicles, more, more like 150. Yeah. But then he's like, stay where you are. I want to go in and get him. Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't converge and <laughs> cut off the gate and capture him. What? Like, I want to capture him. And the way I want to do it is to run at each other with guns. <laughs> and there's, yeah. And they're sort of running at each other and just oh, like oh, firing wildly. <laughs> you don't believe in honor? <laughs> Why would I use my superior force to take advantage of Gerard Butler? They're when doing I can... a gun joust. Chris, <laughs> that's exactly it's, like, like if one of them had called joust. the other a liar, they would have. They would oh have my been, god! They would have had to uh, do a gun joust to find Ima- out who, who was telling the truth. Imagine if they would have done that scene on horseback. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would like to see Matt Damon's perspective of this yeah. Whole yeah. movie. <laughs> like yeah. what, that would probably be different than what we saw. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so they, uh, they have a gun joust and motorcycle guy gets shot in the neck and blood is just like gushing out. Is that, but bad? It's, is that bad? Apparently not, because <laughs> he's got the medical supplies in his vest and he just like grabs, grabs a wad of, of, of special and, stuff. An ice pack. A bullet wound to the vest or to the, to the neck isn't, you know, the necks are strong. Um, people don't realize that they can take a lot. <laughs> That gallon of blood that we saw surge out, you know, uh, he got that spray that they have. He drank a five-hour energy, though, to, like, give himself a boost. Magic spray they they use on the soccer players. Yes. He gets some of that. He's like, shh. He was good to go. I don't want it to get infected. Wait, so does he not die there? Does he do something more? Something else? No. You know, he doesn't die. He's, he's, but he's. He stays uh, on the ground. He stays on the ground and, and like, Matt does the medical stuff. Meanwhile. The Taliban's like, oh, well, this guy's dead. We're going to get him and maybe maybe sell him to the highest bidder. <laughs> and yes. they're like, and so the C- we go to the CIA guys and, and they're like, well, what do we have in the area? And and, and, and and this brings, before we move on, because you mentioned the selling them to the highest bidder again, I just want to point out that, you know, there were two of them that blew up the Iranian nuclear facilities and we see when they get to the other guy at the safe house they just shoot him like uh-huh. immediately like there's not like right, we're gonna arrest them and like expose them that's like, a failure of, of checkoffs that's a failure of checkoffs crane because <laughs> like their fear was that they would be hung publicly <laughs> right. from a crane yeah. and instead they just but, shoot him summarily that, that just seemed like the other guy the other guy would have been very fortunate to get out with just being shot in the head as he was yeah. okay so i actually have the names of these guys so the, the cia guys are chris hoyt and mark Lowe, or maybe there's another guy but the the, the what um chris hoyt says what's the reaper chris hoyt says set up with uh mark Lowe says gpus and hellfire sir mm-hmm. chris hoyt says text the pilot do it now like does that mean what i think it means like does he have like a verizon i message oh it's a drone okay never mind okay <laughs> what are you doing we don't have authority F the authority. They can fire me. I don't want to watch any more of our men die today. Well, and what, well, I, think, what, I, think, what, I think I don't think firing is I, I don't think firing is the is the worst thing that could happen if you're maybe brought before a, Congress a, and uh, <laughs> like what I, I was gonna quit next week and, anyway. So 
Uh, yeah, and so all these jeeps and whatever the fuck those vehicles are, they are approaching, and the Reaper drone just blows everything into oblivion. I still think it was a. I, I do think it's a weird like text him. <laughs> like are our orders given over over cell phone? Like and, even if it's a drone pilot, like and and also like especially if you're giving an order that is Ill- you know, illegal. Illegal. <laughs> Maybe that's why they use text. They're like, maybe don't text well, burner think phone. Text messages don't get leaked all the time. Every single freaking except one. Actually, one is somehow close enough to avoid it. Right? right. And there would Gerard, be some form of secure communication between the CIA and the <laughs> drone operators. I don't have their. I don't have the office line number over there. Do you know them. what it is? I d- oh, call him on Teams. Oh, I've got his. I've got. We're in a fantasy football league together. I've got his number. Zoom. Can anyone? Is he answering his Slack messages right now? The Reaper destroys all the Taliban except one Humvee, which he gets in with Mo, and they drive into. They're both like shot and bleeding. Drive into the thing, get on the C-130. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that's the movie. That's two hours worth of movie. Oh, he does He does get home and meet, meet oh. his... Oh, his, yeah. He, he does make it in time for the daughter. meets thing. his daughter. Yep. No, <laughs> yeah, he meets his time. daughter. For- <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm your dad. Well, that wasn't... That wasn't... <laughs> Draining. Uh, do, 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 do you have any other summarizing thoughts, if not the rating? I mean, I did you honestly, like the movie? Was it enjoyable? It, it wasn't unenjoyable. I kind of like his gruff uh, stuff. Um, the movie actually looked good. Um, the kind of thumping, pulsating soundtrack. Well, the score, not was... the helicopter joust. That, oh, it was uh, great. It was terrific. That, that's CG. You it, and I understand it was at night, and I understand the point. But like, you also couldn't see anything. No one would have crashed a real when the helicopter when he shot the helicopter. What and crashed it? Did he do that during the day too? No, no it was at night, night but okay. you could nice. see it. You right. saw the helicopter. Like- no, no, no. I, I know, but like it's at night. So all you saw were like um, the helicopter and then the other guy who got out of the helicopter. They're like, put the helicopter down. Let's, you know, the air superiority we have. Let's give that up for a second. Um, oh, and then how he exploded it. That was, that was kind of cool. Like he threw a little grenade down and then like. He kind of jousted with the helicopter. So I'm saying he did a and he did a helicopter joust. Where if they he, had, but he he had a grenade. I think the it was grenade a was shot. just a distraction. It was a distraction. Yeah. But had they not had this long chain of command, like he still had to shoot first. So they saw him and they're like, fire at him. You know, they had to and the delay between that and the person pulling the trigger <laughs> because they were like they, they had this giant gun. They were shooting straight at him, but he got yeah. he he was a quick draw, right. He did. He outdrew them. Wait, quick as drawing Kandahar. Yes. Yeah. But well, I don't know. You know I thought how, it looked pretty good as a movie. Like the I, the quickest I, draw of the guy who's gonna get to Kandahar eventually. This is the director of the Has Fallen expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like he knows how to make a movie, and and like a lot of it, like I don't know the Reaper stuff that looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was as good as playing. I don't know. Mo, a lot of the things that Mo did just did not make any sense. The uh, human being would do like when he's when he's like first tells them our cover is blown. These uh, these mili- the three militaries, uh, mul- militaries of multiple countries are coming to get us. And Mo's like, I thought you said we were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, buddy. Something came up. We'll have to get ice cream tomorrow. <laughs> 
right, fine. I guess we got to run. <laughs> we we glossed over uh, an important detail, like like a personal emotional thing. So Gerard Butler came to, to, you know, this is the Guy Ritchie's The Covenant part to like be like, yeah, we we totally screwed the Afghans. Everyone who cooperated with us, we abandoned them. And so he made a promise. He's like, we got to get out of here. And the whole time, Mo's like, no, I'm staying here. I'm finding my sister's sister. Yeah. No, my wife's sister. <laughs> I'm finding my wife's sister. My sister wife. My sister's sister is my sister. It was a, it was a riddle. <laughs> it was a riddle. Oh, she's a doctor. <laughs> but how could it be a doctor? She's a woman. <laughs> but um, Mo is there like a million times. It's kind of annoying. Like Mo's kind of annoying, being like, "No, I I, I came here to get to to. I'm not leaving." And he's like, yeah. "Just like, come on, like we're gonna die. Let's just <laughs> survive for today." And but at the end of the movie, he's like sufficiently committed. Um, Mo is like, does Mo say it or does does uh or does Gerard Butler just basically say, You're gonna get no, it's Gerard Butler. He says, You're going to get your wife's sister back, and I'm gonna be there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, I commit to not be alive for my daughter. That's, I am going that's back to Kandahar. You know, you know what that's called, uh, uh, Chris? It's called setting up the sequel. Sequel. <laughs> She'll be like, Dad, the, 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 the ex-wife will be like, um, so we've got a college graduation coming up. Are you going to make it? <laughs> we And also, you, you, you signed a contract for a teaching job. You promised that you'd get out. <laughs> promised you were going to teach. Or I know, but I also promised Mo. Or he might already have started teaching and he's yeah. teaching at some prestigious university and Mo shows up and it's like, I made... it's time. <laughs> this would be great. I'm looking, I'm looking forward Finals to Finals are canceled. But we need to do... Unfortunately, everyone knows my face, even the kids. We need to do a face swap. So it's going to be... Oh, shit. A uh, face-off remake. <laughs> I don't regret having watched a movie. It was what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the Gerard Butler. And I mean, yeah, joust, if it, jousting movie. And yeah. it's it's Gerard Butler that makes it. I mean, because no matter how the plot holes, how stupid it is, like Gerard Butler is is he's in it, and he's like, you know, he's giving everything he's got, and he's going to entertain you. Uh, yeah. No, the, no matter the, how yeah, stupid. Yeah, it yeah. Is. and if you can buy it if it yeah. were Timothy Chalamet, which. You know, you, Ryan, you think that like he's he he acts like he puts his hand in that scary <laughs> ouchy box and he acts if he what jammed. What are you saying? If he are you jammed. That, are you saying he, that he didn't? Are you saying that Dean Villeneuve didn't uh, put something in that box that made him? Uh, imagine, there's actually, there's actually a the snake in that box. In the world? With all the plot holes, you still bought uh, Gerard Butler's, you know, where if Timothy Chalamet shoved a screwdriver in. A Toyota, a <laughs> Nissan, like you. I, like, I would be skeptical. This is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> he really does sell it, it, it because you know I kind of just like was just uh, I sk- went right past it. I didn't give it a second thought. But it's like a ridiculous thing. It's just like that's Gerard Butler though. So he probably okay. can start a car like that. <laughs> if Edward Norton did did a gun joust with somebody, if. <laughs> He ran at somebody with a pistol. You'd be like, this is absurd. (laughs) Because he would probably, the way he dunked a basketball at the end of American History X, his head's like level with the rim. Holy shit. He's a 45 inch vertical. He jumped over the helicopter. All right. So are we, are we rating it now? Um, Yes. 
Okay. I give it seven war crimes. I give it uh, two IED remotes. Four choppers. Four, four CGI crashing choppers. Is Gerard Butler a movie star? Okay. You have to define <laughs> terms, you know, like, what do, do we have movie stars anymore? Or is it just Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. What? Do I we mean, have clearly, clearly a stu- he can't get, like, he does not get a studio movie just, like, made based on his name. So I would say no. And this movie like was shown in like 300 theaters for yeah. one weekend. So I think this is, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a movie star. I think he's a good actor. Could he be in better films? I mean, he's been in, has he been in any films? I don't like 300 is kind of ridiculous and over the top. Den of yeah, Thieves, but... which we talked about on here, right? Then you have the fallen universe. Because whenever he's playing, he's, it's always, the thing is like, it's believable, but it's like you believe, but it's, but he's over the top. Like he's not like you don't like, it's not a real person. If you don't like subtlety, I mean, if you, if you want the jaded guy, but without kind of, you don't have to read kind of facial cues. He's your guy. Yeah. I love him. Uh, and that is all the time we're giving to this episode. Tune in at some point in the future and we will release another episode. I am going on a one month break. Thank you. Goodbye. Wait, we just scheduled Ben for next week.